This program is brought to you by Bible Media, overseen by the elders of the Chipman Road Church of Christ in Lee Summit, Missouri. It was an emotional time for him. I mean, I would argue it, it just seemed that it had to be stressful, emotional. Chapter 23 of 1 Samuel finds David hiding in the strongholds of En Gedi. Soon Saul was after him again. Right after Saul had taken out after the Philistines, you know, David was always always in Saul's sights and David was always he was always running so after Saul pursued the Philistines again you know it wasn't surprising when we read in chapter 24 that Saul took 3,000 chosen men to find David while David was hiding in the rocks and in the caves and so the account goes that when Saul went into a cave to relieve himself David and his men were hiding inside unbeknownst to Saul you probably remember this, right? And so in the process, David's men tell David, it's a sign, a sign from God that God has delivered Saul into your hand. It's time to take advantage of this opportunity from God, they said. He should do to him what seems good to you. And so David listened to them. He listened to their emotions, their eagerness for David to get even with Saul after all of that running, after always being hunted. And in that emotional moment, David did. He cut off the edge of Saul's robe secretly, and Saul left the cave. But David regretted what he did. You know, it wasn't right. And so David's conscience bothered him. And so after Saul left the cave, recall that David yelled out to Saul, and he confessed what he did. And David pledged again that he would not harm Saul, that he knew that Saul was God's anointed. And he didn't. He didn't harm him again. And David returned to his stronghold again. And then we learn that Samuel died, chapter 25. The man who anointed David, the last judge of Israel, and all of Israel mourned Samuel and buried him at his house. But the scriptures don't mention David being there to mourn for Samuel. And maybe he was, but we know that David was a fugitive. And that is the emotional context that we have for David's encounter with Abigail when David meets Nabal's shepherds. Now remember David is on the run and having to find food wherever he can for he and his men just to survive and Nabal had 3,000 sheep and 3,000 goats and so he sent a man to ask Nabal nicely for some food and Nabal returned the request with a hateful emotional response. Who is David and who is the son of Jesse? even accusing David of possibly being a runaway slave. And he refused to give him bread and water. Verse 10. And David ordered his four, ordered 400 of his men to get their swords to destroy Nabal and his household. And that was his intention. That was his emotion until he encountered Abigail. You know the account found in verses 18 through 31 of chapter 24, 1 Samuel she took the cakes and the breads and meats and put them on donkeys and sent them to David with a servant ahead of herself up the hidden part of the mountain to meet David. And when she found David, she fell on her face with a clear heart and mind and she reasoned with him about his relationship with God. She reasoned with him about his future and what was at stake if he gave into the emotions that he felt. She told David that Nabal was worthless and he was evil. Nothing was going to change that. And even more importantly, she reached through David's emotions 
and reminded David of who he was. She reminded David of his purpose. And that purpose is greater than a a worthless, evil, petty man. She reminded David possibly of his struggles with Saul when she mentioned that David had not yet avenged himself, but had maintained his focus on God up to this point. In so many situations that he could have lost his temper and taken the kingdom, taken revenge as the anointed king of Israel. She reminded David that he fought the battles for God and evil would not be found in him all of his days. She reminded him that he was better than that. She reminded him that he was a man of God. She reminded him to look past his emotions, look through his emotions, his hurt feelings, his frustration, and see his purpose as a servant of God. And that, that is what he did. And that's what woke him up or recalibrated his mind or or his heart. And, And the Holy Spirit provides David's response to her after she told him all of that. He said to her, Blessed is the Lord God of Israel who sent you this day to meet me. And blessed is your advice. And blessed are you because you have kept me this day from coming to bloodshed and from avenging myself with my own hand. Verses 32 and 33. And then Abigail went home to Nabal, the worthless, evil husband that she had. And she had saved his life. She was assured because of her actions that he would continue, she would continue as his wife. And some have argued to me that if she wouldn't have stopped David, she would have been better off. She would have been free from Nabal if David had been successful. She could and would some could and would argue that David had a right to destroy Nabal. Some could argue that. Some could make a justification for those emotions. But it would have been wrong. And revenge was a motivation and not one that should be, should lead a man of God. And Abigail knew that. And we do too. Really. And we women are emotional creatures, aren't we? We often live with our hearts openly displayed. And I just love that about us. I mean, I think we're created by God to have these emotions. I also think that, you know, it it can be our downfall as well. I mean, consider Job's wife, right? Curse God and die. Job chapter 2 verse 9. It's pretty obvious why Satan left her alive. Or Sarah, when she blamed God for preventing her from having a child and then and then she goaded Abraham into having a child by her handmaid and then when it you know it worked she became angry about it Genesis chapter 16 yeah we can be emotional even women who are striving to follow God can be emotional I'm also emotional too too often I mean my dear sweet husband can tell you a little bit about that I I failed to serve as an Abigail for him Because sometimes I fail to see beyond or through the emotional tug. I know you do too because I see it in all of us. You know that that strong emotion of fearing that our children will not be liked if we say no to something they want to do or yes to something they want to wear. Even though it's destructive and they're better than that. We do it because the emotion of it. Our children, our grandchildren, our nieces and nephews, 
know, we fear maybe they won't love us if, if we remind them of their purpose, their reason for being, to be a servant of the Most High God. I fall prey to that too, the emotional need to be to be liked or, or loved, fearing rejection, all of those ugly emotions, failing to see through them to the good part. Emotions are hard to tame, but what would our lives look like, you know, if we did tame them, I mean, if we kept our focus on God's purpose and not get bogged down in the emotion of the situation? What would our marriages look like? Our husbands, our children, our homes. What would our relationships, you know, with each other look like? What if we saw through the pain, through the hurt and the fear and reminded each other of God? And what if Abigail had not put that food together? What if Abigail had not rode that donkey up the hidden side of the mountain? What if Abigail had taken on the emotions and had not seen through David's emotions? What would have happened to David? And it is for this, the wisdom of Abigail, to see through the emotions to the good part. It is for this that I bow my knees today. We thank you for joining us today. We hope you have enjoyed this program. You can find out more about Byway Media by visiting us at bywaymedia.org. You can find us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. You can find all of our podcasts and all major podcast platforms. As always, we thank you for listening.